Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. If you're a healthcare provider, entrepreneur, and or businessman and are experiencing the midlife triangle of chaos, marriage, kids, business, and one or more areas of your life across your body, being, balance, and business are burning to the ground or you simply feel lost, this podcast is intended to provide light, a GPS, if you will, back to thriving. And now the host of this podcast, a chiropractor, athlete, father, husband, warrior certified trainer, and the head coach of Men of Iron, Dr. Ryan P. Doyle. You know, run the business with my wife. So when oh. you when your wife is part of the business, uh, you 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 have to understand that she's part of the business but she's also your wife and, <laughs> you know i'll be i'll be honest man i, I made some uh, made some mistakes along the way and uh thank god she's self-corrected right she's a great yes <laughs> i love how you phrase that <laughs> you know so uh yeah F- fired her once before when we worked together in the very beginning <laughs> ago, and uh you know she brings to the table incredible strength so running a uh, running an operation with your wife is, you know, it puts it at a different level. And it's a great level. Oh, it really it's, is. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it really truly is. Uh, I believe that uh, it can be one of the most tricky things to do is, is just kind of navigate that. Well, listen, um, why, don't we, why don't we get into it? Mean, I want you to get a little bit deeper. Give us now, I, yes, you run your business with your wife, but get, get into just, if you will, uh, I'd love to know a little bit about your your background and some of the trials and tribulations. Just tell us a little bit about your story, Mike. All right. So, you know, I was very fortunate that in ninth grade, I chose to become a chiropractor. Wow. That was, yeah. I mean, that was back then. So what the, the, the impetus to that was the fact that growing up in Philadelphia, um, I was very overweight. And this is the 60s and 70s. And my nickname was called Pads. Um, and, you know, it was, it was an overweight kid. And the, and the term that they used back then was Husky. In fact, I bought my clothes at a store called Edco, which was Ed and Company, E-D-C-O. And the tagline was a store for Husky men and boys. And I would say to my parents, listen, I, I don't want to go buy clothes. I don't, I don't like doing this. And they said, come on, we'll get you your favorite soft pretzels and we'll go. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with Philadelphia, but, you know, the soft pretzels surely wasn't wasn't helping the weight issue by any means, none whatsoever. So you can imagine what it's like. You're growing up, now you enter junior high, you're overweight, you're wearing black frame glasses, you cannot participate in sports, you know, and it's not fun. I mean, the walking in the halls was, was dangerous to begin with just because it was a Philadelphia school district at the time. But, you know, like getting, getting your book, Bookworm. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, bookworm. Are you familiar with that? Oh, I, I know the term bookworm, but getting your bookworm okay. on, meaning like educating yourself and studying no, is what you mean? Or? No, bookworm means you're walking in the hallway and kids would slap your loose leaf binder out of your hands. The rings open, your papers go everywhere, and the kids just take the papers and just throw them everywhere they possibly can. So that's called, you know, so living through that, you're like, you know, this something has got to change. Wow. So you can imagine this is not not fun at, at all so ninth grade is when i became exposed to chiropractic and that exposure came through franco colombo so if you remember 
Franco Colombo was good friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I said, wow, this is where I want to go. So, you know, I'm tired of being picked on. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of having the quote unquote, the sand kicked in my face. And I'm going to work out weights. I'm going to bulk up and we're going to take karate. And you know what? When we get out, we're going to do some damage. Well, <laughs> th thank God we, we didn't have to go that far. Um, but that was it. That was the impetus to say, here's where I want to go. I want to be able to work chiropractically. And I met my first chiropractor, uh, Dr. Jay Kamarik. And I thought, wow, this is really, was that, really in, was that in Philly? That was in Philly. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. And it, was, it was absolutely incredible. And I, and I've seen people come in his office, my father being one of them at the time, bent over, can't move, puts him on a table, does a lumbar adjustment. My dad gets up and I'm thinking, hey, this is definitely it. And then when I can start combining nutrition, exercise, chiropractic, ninth grade was it. And I reached wow. out to Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, uh, what is now called Southern California University Health Sciences or Healthcare Sciences. And listen, I called them every year. And I think they let me in fine because they're just sick and tired of me calling them every year. <laughs> and left Philadelphia and went out to California and started my chiropractic education. Crazy. So, very fortunate that it, you know, that it, ninth grade, that's, that's where it all began. Okay. And so your, your main trials and tribulations that it sounds like we're, we're kind of just getting to a place where you had the, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> I don't want to say luxury, but the, the honor of being able to step into the chiropractic arena and just getting there for you sounded like, like literally going through the gauntlet. Literally, and that, and we can say that you know emotionally and physically, right? You know, it's, it's, one, it's one thing to be a call to call the name; it's another thing to be roughed up. Right? How so, long have How long have you been in the business now, Michael? Thirty-two years, I think. Thirty-one, oh, thirty-two. Years. Yeah. Okay, so so now you you've gotten into business. You've not only gotten into business, but you also do so with your wife. <clears throat> I'm sure that you've had several, as we all do. I mean, I've been in the business now for a couple of decades and we go through different, I call them evolutions. Yes. You know, I'm sure if you look back, you could look at least, I don't know whether it's five to seven years and then a major shift or every decade major shift. But what, what have you discovered along the way that you could share with the listeners that would either shorten those, those, those major transitions or that you've discovered about your own fulfillment in what it is that you do. Cause I'm sure at some point in time, you've discovered things that work, things that don't work for you. You've probably run into times when you've, you've hit close to burnout or you've gotten placed to where, where things just like, it just doesn't work for you. It's out of integrity for your soul. What, what I'm interested as to what you think about all that. So, you know, o OPM, other people's mistakes, you know, I, I love to hear what other people went through. And I, and I try to share with, you know, the young folks coming up, you know, this, this is what I've been through. Uh, I've been an associate. I've had associates. Uh, I chased, I chased the dream. I got to have, I got to have two offices. I've got to have three offices. I got, up to, <laughs> I got up to four offices. I got up to four offices. I had exercise physiologists. I had chiropractors working for me. I've got four wow. offices, man. I'm top dog. Well, you know what? It wasn't top dog. Not only was it not top dog physically, it wasn't top dog emotionally, and it really wasn't top dog financially. I remember wow. driving in my car going, I'm driving from place to place, and we're not making any money. 
We're not making any money. One of the problems was the associates. It wasn't their baby and it's my baby, right? My business yeah. is my baby and I want to treat my baby well. And my patients aren't just my patients. They're my bosses. They're family too, man. Right. So I, over many years, I've treated, you know, family members. I have people I treat now that I've known them in high school and now I have now have families of their own. So I can tell you that for me, chasing that dream where, you know, we want to have four offices, multiple offices, we're going to be everywhere, surely had a negative impact. So when we start pulling back one by one by one, that's when we really started to see the business grow. Interesting. You know? And then the other thing was having associates, I wasn't going to treat associate doctors like I was treated. And there was, you can hear the war stories of how associates are treated. And I want to make sure that I was giving something back. So even if they did leave me, and that's okay, I want them to leave me on good terms and practice ethically. And that was really important to me. Cool. So again, you try to have all these businesses, you chase the dollar. It just didn't make sense because you're losing yourself along the way. Well, and, and what's funny about what you just said there was, <clears throat> um, for me, it's one of the reasons why I jumped into the arena and started, uh, I got in, uh, I started working with Garrett J. White and doing Warrior and then brought my own training into the chiropractic world with Men of Iron was, <clears throat> we, we were at a place where we had a 5,000 square foot facility. We went to a 10,000 square foot facility. <clears throat> I was spending less and less time with my wife. Uh, burning, burning everything to the ground. We had 48 staff and, and, and I damn near walked away from everything. Like the bigger it got, the more that it was, you, you just, it just kept, when was enough? <clears throat> and then we damn near got there again, just before COVID. Again, we had over 50 staff. Um, and one of the best blessings about COVID was it did exactly like for us. It, it, it gave us the time, <clears throat> excuse me, to sit back and go, do I really want to run that hard? Do I really want to run that hard managing more people? So I was feeding the monster harder and harder, almost just to make sure that everybody had food on the table, as opposed to loving people the way I wanted to love people, <coughs> right? That's, I think it's a wonderful thing. We have this idea that bigger and more. <clears throat> now, I've also, of course, now I, I spend kind of half my time in my practice and half my time in the ether as we will. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and there's, there's, there's more capacity, more scalability I find within um, the online world. Right. So it is kind of a, a balance of one of these things, but couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> Sometimes busier, not necessarily better when it comes to the, the world of chiropractic. So cool. Any, any that other is, real key? Yeah. Right. Any other real key gems that have come up for you over the years? You know, it, it's interesting. I, I want to share a story with you. I remember being in, in, in California and we're in Venice and we're walking out and there's a, a chiropractor on, on the sand with a table wearing a pair of shorts <laughs> and a visor. And he has a chalkboard that says, we'll adjust for $10. And I thought, my God, this, this is what gives us a bad name, right? This is horrible. Later on, Many years later, I'm in the office. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy is brilliant. He has no overhead. You know, he's just, you know, adjusting people now. Of course, it's crazy. But when you think about that, of compared to, you know, we're going to have 50 employees, we're going to have several offices, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And we can talk about, you know, there are some people that have that and they follow the e-myth and they have systems and that's great. However, 
you know, for me, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And I love my office now and I get the opportunity to treat the way that I want to treat and we're not running everywhere. Mm -hmm. We're actually concentrating on the patient, the most important person. So it's great. Yeah. And it just, it, there's, there's something to be said about the value of simplicity, particularly as you go along. Correct. I just, I have, to, I mean, that's, that's just for, for my sake, the more, and you know, how hard was it when you started implementing systems in your office? Um, I'm sure that there was a point at which you kind of rebelled because the, the Superman inside of you wanted to do everything as opposed to even delegating it to the, the kinesiologist or, or whatever. <clears throat> but when you start to figure out what your values are and how um, you lead your patients through systems and habits and procedures that you lead yourself and you just don't verge off of that, I, I think that's another key principle that, that I've heard you say in the past, but also that, that I would like to re reinforce is we don't have to do everything for everyone but we, what we do do, do in integrity to what it is that we do for ourselves. That, 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 that's correct. So, and I gotta be honest, I still struggle with the, I will take care of that. I'll take care of that. Um, listen, I'll just do it. Cause if I do it, I'll do it right. But you know what? That's not right. And that's not healthy for myself. You know, in creating those boundaries, <coughs> I was working with one of my mentors and she was telling me, we we're talking about creating boundaries and, you know, we had some great growth this week with creating my boundary because I always want to be there for my patient. My wife is like, who are you texting? It's 1030 at night. I'm like, I'm talking to one of the patients. And she goes, it's 1030 at night. You're not doing brain surgery. But you know, it's important to create those boundaries. And that's what we're working on now because you think you can do everything and you want to do everything for everyone. But you also have to be careful because then you can compromise yourself along the way. Totally. Um, okay. So my next question for you, because <clears throat> ultimately, um, I think that when we go through this process of uh, trial, trials and tribulations, and we have, um, we, we experience what works, what doesn't work, ultimately, we become our own guru. And that's, that's what people need to go through as well, is that you, you need to go into, sometimes you need to go into your maximum capacity before you realize <clears throat> either you need to step up into the next level or you need to go, <clears throat> no, that's not really for me. So what does freedom mean for you? Uh, if I may ask, so for you, you created a lifestyle. What does freedom look like for you, Michael? It's time. You know, if you asked me, you know, 30 years ago, I'm going to tell you money, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And now, but to be honest with you, freedom is time and health. That, that's, that's what it really comes down to. It, it's a matter of, you know, leading the, the way I want to lead my life. So since COVID, we haven't worked a Friday. We're done. We're done working Fridays, you know. <clears throat> so that was one of the great things that came out of COVID. It allows me more time to do what I like to do, which is write. Uh, I created my first course, so it allowed me to do that. It allowed me to restructure my business. But freedom is about time and health for me. So I want to be able to have the ability to, you know, work out four or five days a week. Right. If I don't work out, I'm kind of a bear to be polite, you know, uh, got to work out. So freedom so instead, is, I think what I'm hearing you say is instead of just investing into your business, investing into your body is at the mind. same time. Yep. Body and mind. 
not, not, not just fitting it in, actually investing in it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Mind, mindset is huge. And, and I can tell you, you know, read books about positive thinking and all that. However, you know, it's taken many years to get it to sink in. Yeah. Right. So you, you can, you can eat something, but you really don't absorb it. So now, fortunately now it's at a time of absorption. So it's, it's great. So I, I think, you know, time for me, when you say freedom, that is time to do things that I enjoy time to spend with my family, uh, to do things I enjoy, which is working out, exercising and cool. reading and writing. Cool. And so have, have you, have you gotten into further furthering your reading and writing at all? Yep. So, um, I have two published articles that I, I did a long time ago. One was on repair of anterior cruciate ligament. Uh, so long ago is that they were using a teletendent bone graft. That's how long ago that was. Wow. Uh, another published article was on evaluation of a patient presented with ear pain post motor vehicle. And that was a pretty cool one. Cool. And then I was a contributing author to 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. And then I wrote my own book, A Boomer's Guide to Chronic Pain. And now wow. we're going with a third book. So we've been playing around with the third book and then writing my own posts. So, so yeah. you, you must now, because you've had experience doing a whole bunch of these, you must have uh, almost a system down to getting your books out. Um, you know, no, I would write it. It's so funny because I, I would write at night. You know, I sleep about five, six hours a night. Uh, it's always been that way. I know we need more. I read that we need more. I study that we need more, but you know, my body works great at five, six hours. So I write a lot at night at the end of the day, things calm down. I can write. I know a lot of folks love that writing in the morning, that first thing five to six in the morning, but in my mornings, that's for working out. So nighttime's for writing. Got it, man. That's, what a, what a system that you've created for your body. Just you understand how it works and, <clears throat> and how you got it done. Now, do you use an editor? What do you do for that? So I have a couple of patients who will look through my work, which helps me out greatly. Um, and they capture my voice. They understand my inflection, my tone, my sense of humor. And so they help me. And my, and of course I give it to my wife to look and read. And when she's, I give it to her and she goes, I love you. That means go upstairs and start rewriting that again. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what that message means. I first thought it was a message of, you know, heartfelt. I love you, but no, that means go upstairs and write it. And, and fortunately, my daughter, she holds a double degree in public policy and planning in, in English. So I just give it to her and she looks it over and I give it to my son to look it over. So I have like an, a, a in-house editing system. I love it. So good. Okay. So now, uh, so two questions, two last questions that I want to kind of follow into. Um, over the years, what do you feel has been your single biggest obstacle, frustration, or challenge? It's always worrying about the new patient. Where's that new patient going to come from? Hmm. Always trying to get to the new patient. Where is that new patient? That's always, that's been, that has been an obstacle. Um, who do we need to network with next? What do we need to do next? I'm always looking at what's coming down the pike. How do we need to move? Who do I need to create a relationship with? Okay. Um, so and what, what, what have you discovered that you could share with, uh, the young men and women coming into business in general? So believe it or not, the narrative report, this sounds so funny and it's going to sound so old school, 
But believe it or not, it was a narrative report, that initial report when a patient come in, when I would send it out to the doctors in my area, that's what really got the practice going. So I would say probably 80% of my practice is referred in from the local medical community. Is that right? It sounds like yeah. you've got a, a real knack um, for kind of mixing in and, and, and really getting deep into the rehabilitation knowledge and connecting with, with those physicians that are kind of connected in the community. Good for you. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I like that well. because there's most people, again, most people of the, uh, what, what I will term the next generations now are so focused heavily on marketing themselves as opposed to networking themselves. Right. Uh, so as opposed to <clears throat> communicating, connecting, um, it's, it's really just uh, like knocking on cold doors. And, and, and I think that a lot of people are really experiencing hard knocks with that. And, that, and that's true. And listen, when, we, when I first got here from California, you know, in California, we were already, as chiropractors, we were already working with medical doctors and we we're working with some PTs. And when I got back here to Pennsylvania, not knowing that there was this hierarchy back then. So this is early 90s, you know, not knowing there's this hierarchy. I send out a initial report. Some medical doc calls me, rips me a new one. How dare I and who am I to send him a report and I shouldn't treat his patient. And I didn't realize that it was kind of like medical doctor, MD, DO, PT, a whole bunch of other people, Satan, and then chiropractic, right? So <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the hierarchy back then. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, and, you know I, I, I took it and then I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to send my reports anyway. And we continue to send the reports, but more importantly, we continue to get the patient better. So it's hard to argue with the patient returning to the doctor going, I don't have headaches. My back feels better. My neck feels better. My gut is not bothering me anymore. You know, so it's hard. Now, you know, listen, it's, it's years now. So there's a lot of great transition. A lot of the young medical docs coming out, a lot of DOs. You're like, listen, you know what? You want the manipulation, you want the rehab, you can have it. We don't have the time, nor do we have the inclination. So if you can work as a team, which we do, everything's great. And, that, and that's, think, I want to say to the young guys and girls coming up, you know, working as a team is wonderful. Sending out that narrative report. We, you know, we can't go out and press the flesh, as they say, you know, because of COVID, you know, whatever their thing is. Some, some docs don't want you to come to the office. That's okay. You know what? A phone call is great. Uh, report is great. That, that's how you do it. And you'll know, get their patient better. Get their patient better and send them a note saying the patient's better. You discharge them from care. It's power in words. Yeah, interesting. All right. So I got one more question for you, Michael. <clears throat> if you um, are talking to the, the greater world right now, who is your ideal person that you like to help? So our, our person that comes to the office, the ideal person is I've been everywhere. They've taken a whole bunch of tests. They did a whole bunch of studies. They say that everything is normal and I still feel horrible. And that is my patient. And that those are the people that I see. Those who You like the complex cases, don't you? They, they are complex. And you know what? That's okay because there's nowhere else for them to turn. And, and they've been to a lot of places and they're frustrated. Can you imagine having you know, a ton of gut pain and, or back pain being told it's in your head? Mm -hmm. you know? I can't and, imagine that. Yes, I, I see this on a so We want to give them a place where they feel welcome, a place where they feel like they're not going to be judged. 
and we want to provide them hope. And, and we explain to them, listen, this, you didn't get here overnight and getting better is not going to happen overnight. So those are the type of patients that we see. Wonderful. Okay, my friend. Well, listen, I, I appreciate your time, your energy, your expertise, and your, your, your wisdom in sharing with uh, uh, those that uh, are now going to walk in the path that you are walking in. Um, you, you have no idea just those simple little gems that, that I wish that I had heard earlier in my life and are in my career as well. So again, my friend, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your time and your energy. Have a wonderful night. And if you ever have any other, um, any other gems, please continue to share and I'll welcome you back on the show. And I would love to, I'd love to have the discourse. Great. Thanks. Have a wonderful night, Michael. Bye for now. Love your work. Take care, man. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's content, head on over to the Freedom Formula Facebook group to enjoy more of the content and tools taught at Men of Iron and the Freedom Formula. We look forward to having you join today.